All right, cool. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Business and Barbell Talk podcast. Uh, this is your host, uh, Chris Bean, Christopher Bean, uh, whatever you want to call me. I'm half deaf, so if you yell Steve, I'll listen. Um, today, I am joined by fellow block one, power athlete, block one coach, Brian Dunn. Um, he is here just to talk about, well, a lot of stuff. We're going to go down a lot of <laughs> rabbit holes, I'm sure. Um, mainly, we're going to focus on uh, what athletes do after competition. Um, Besides that, I'm going to toss it off to Brian, and I just want to know, how'd you get here? How'd you get where you are? What do you do? Ooh. We're good to swear on this, right? Oh, oh fuck. Yeah, all right. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to say, ah, fuck, I got this story. Yeah, uh, right. so how did I get here? Well, I'm, I'm currently in New Jersey, uh, married to uh, a female Marine. Uh, okay. Usually when I say Marine, people are like, what? my wife is a Marine. Okay. Um, so we're stationed out here in New Jersey. I bounced around a little bit originally from Detroit area in Michigan. Uh, played a little bit of college hockey on the west side of the state. Battled injuries, uh, head injuries specifically among you know regular joint, shoulder, knee, whatever it is. But uh, so I ended ended my mediocre at best career uh, very early, a year before the team won national title. Um, and uh, from there, I just kind of <laughs> I got into CrossFit. I started more of my like coaching and training in the CrossFit world. Uh, and, and early on in that CrossFit world, I found what was at that time CrossFit football, and they were just kind of my guiding light. Uh, really battled through a bunch of mental health, suicide, addiction, all these things uh, through, I'll call my early to mid-20s, and just continually tried to coach. I love love learning, hate school. I'm, a, I'm not a great student, but I continually tried. So I, I've moved out to Colorado Pre- to start. Preach to, into the like, choir. Right? Preach into the um, choir. I started a human anatomy masters, which I absolutely loved the program, loved the material. I just couldn't study 15 hours a day and fail exams. Um, so, yeah. you know, change, change course a little bit. <clears throat> the whole time I was really just learning training. Uh, I tend to be in the more of the group fitness, but work with athletes here and there, just kind of filling the slides in there. Um, and then in the last few years, just really started taking on what's it mean to work with a younger athlete. Uh, you know, obviously in the power athlete community, we're talking about movement. And, and performance and whatever that really means to you. And that's probably a rabbit hole will drop, drop down, but yeah. um, you know, I, I just trying to continually learn. I want to be a learner, um, always learning and, and challenging myself to challenge my own beliefs and what I think and, and find value with people like yourself to kind of bounce things off and learn from, mm-hmm. get my beliefs out, be challenged. And uh, you know, just little by little, you, you get knocked down, get back up and see what's yeah, next for you. So I don't know. That, that's kind of easy story there, I guess. <laughs> no, I think that's, that's great. That's a great start. Um, so it was funny that you, that, man, I always find it whenever people say that they, uh, I talk about that program more than I talk about any other program. Um, but when people talk about CrossFit football, I always remember that John at the, uh, at the symposium a couple years ago, he, I, I was telling, I was asking a question. I ended up telling a story about what CrossFit football did for me. And he, and he stopped me and he said, you know, what's really cool. He said, I talk to people that find us. And he said, whenever people say they didn't find us with CrossFit football, I always tell them that I'm sorry. He's like, cause that was, Dude, such, yeah. he, he, he's like the coolest fucking people came, like found that program and came from that program. He's like, he's like, and people that weren't there for it, they missed a really cool, like couple of years. And I'm like, I agree. It's, I loved uh, it. Like I, I, and, and like, I, I love it. And like people like fucking light up when they're like, yeah, man, CrossFit football. And I'm like, I just fucking wish that program would come back. I know they won't. I know they can't, but like, man, sure, I, yeah. I it's, uh, it's, it's tough because I look at it and you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the people that introduced it to me. Uh, like mm-hmm. they knew, they knew about it, but they didn't really 
coach to it, but their programming in the gym kind of reflected it. Yes. Uh, and I just kind of like on a whim, I was like, I don't know. I feel like I'm way more like I, my body benefits from this. I'm way more mentally. I'm way more into this training, you know, like yep. it seems way short, but it's got the strength point, all these things. My biggest regret is now um, that I didn't go to a CrossFit football cert. And the yep. reason I didn't was because I was scared of spending money. I was scared of not being good enough. I was scared of all these things. And so me getting my block one, I, I kind of told John the same thing um, in one of our interactions when I was over there near the ranch. <laughs> I won't try and kick too much stuff away. Yeah. Um, when but, you were getting uh, your block. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I had a chance to talk to him a little bit and, and you know, just exchanging stories and, and I don't know, the head injury thing. It's what kind of changed my course of, my, my direction really. And yeah, I just told him, I said, you know, power, ath- power athlete now, or, or what was cross football really did save my life because it made sense to me. It was something mm-hmm. that I could wrap my head around. I only wish that I had like really dove into it earlier. And so when I yeah. did get my block one, it wasn't even about the block. It was about following through on something that I, I knew that I loved and, and supported and thought was really, uh, was a huge positive in my life. Yep. And uh, so obviously you go through the anxiety of testing in front of them and you put a lot of work into doing what you do to become part of their, the power athlete community. But for me, it was such a mental, like, fuck yeah. You know, yes. like I, I said, I want to do this. I got over so many of my fears, which to a lot of people, they prior are like, are you fucking kidding me? That, that was your fear. Yeah. That was my fear. My fear yeah. was going to a, a certification that all I do is pay for and just be there and learn. I was scared of not being good enough. And that's something that, I work on daily, you know, where I feel like I'm held back a lot. And so that community, man, it, it's also funny because, you know, another experience with power athlete, we got to hear, we had a guest speaker at one point and he was a relationships therapist. And it was like all the stars aligning in my life at that point for that weekend. And uh, I got to ask him, you know, I, I was really nervous by asking the question just about suicide and how do you talk to your clients and all these things. Right. And, yeah, I was nervous to ask because you're surrounded by, you know, really strong alpha males and females in this group for the most part. I've always got their beta somewhere in there. And, yeah. But I was scared to ask because you're like, nah, you don't want to be the soft guy. You know, like, come on. Mm-hmm. I asked my question. I got an answer that I never would have expected. And then three or four more hands wrote, like went up in the air and they're, they're asking like softer questions than me. I was like, this community is so fucking cool, man. Like, yep. This isn't just strength conditioning. This isn't just 100 miles an hour forward. This is a what's what's at the root? How do we branch out from this thing? And like to me, that's exactly how I try to live my life, maybe successfully or not successfully, depending on the day. Um, but like just always trying to take in, digest, and move out. Yeah. It's just so cool to be surrounded by like-minded people all the time like that. It's so cool. I agree, man. I agree. Um, I love that network of people and coaches. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. And just everybody's real, everybody's real different. There's a, there's a huge amount of diversity in it. Um, and I, I, and it's also shown me kind of the example of like believing in a methodology, but not being, but, but being willing to like explore, right? Like I know, I know that the way that I implement the, like the, the, the power athlete methodology is different from other block one coaches the way they do. Um, I like, I like to branch out a little bit and like take principles of it and try other things. Um, I've been going through a big phase of like writing more like conjugate, like true conjugate style programming for people. And, and it's not a secret, but like it power athlete programming looks a lot like conjugate programming. Sure. 
right? They're they're very similar in nature. Um, but yeah, man, I I love I love it. And then you meet some people that are just like, nope, Bedrock is this, or Field Strong is this, 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 and I'm like, I, I I fucking respect that too because those programs get people some crazy results, right? Well, that's the thing is is that's why you coach the individualization of of right? yeah. Like, I mean, I come to you with an issue. You could use the same same template and and use that as the foundation, but what happens when I'm like, Hey, I can't, can't press this. Well, what do we do? Yep. We've got to individualize this. And what's the stimulus? That's why you get a coach. That's why you coach so that you can, yeah. you can problem solve those things with this foundation and it shouldn't look the same. If, if, if it looks the same for everybody, now we've got a real issue because now yeah. we're, <laughs> we're following the dictator and uh, there's no room for creativity and all these things, but it's, um, I don't know. I think, I think inside of that community, we get it from the top down though, because you look at what, what, what John Tex and Luke do and, and they've got their beliefs, but as long as you come to them with something to back your belief or something, I'm look, looking for a word here, but something to challenge it. And if it's of mm -hmm. substance, they will go do the homework on it to go. Oh, I mean, look at what's going on with the active foot and all these things. Like, yep. It's not, it's not an inability to change. It's, it's an inability to look at everything and go, this has got to change. It's, it's, what what looks good what fits why does it fit does it make sense let's yep. try it let's see what yeah, happens if it, and, and if it and if it does implement it right, right. it's just like you know, it's, a, it's a it's a willingness to explore and try um the active foot thing was a big was a big one for me during my like my knee pt um and then um i remember i remember uh i was when i was doing i was doing jack street like i think it was like two years ago i i like just jumped back on it because i was like fuck it i don't want to go to regionals anymore <laughs> um, I, I, and they, they got, they got rid of regionals. I didn't want to chase it. I was paying so much for my programming. It also wasn't working, um, because they wouldn't individualize it for me. Okay. Uh, I, like, but I remember I messaged the feed and I was like, and I, and I was like, Hey, I have a really bum knee. Um, I can do Jack street, but these are some of the things I have to do to make it feel good. I was like, I was like dragging a sled always helps. And like, I was like dragging a sled, a lot of band work. I was like, this kind of stuff feels good. I was like, am I going to negate anything within field strong? I remember John, he, John responded to, me, he sent me a message. He said, he said, whatever you're doing, he said, if it makes you feel better, you need to do it. He's like, if it, <laughs> yeah. if it, if it makes your knee feel better, keep doing it. He said, cause right. if you're not, if you're not moving right, that's what affects the programming the most. And I was like, cool got it and i still right. drag a sled i fit almost every day i still that's drag awesome, a sled dude. it's um, uh, that's kind of like uh so xanis uh i, I started working with him I, I think maybe you've worked with him too but yeah he did uh, he my, did my, my shoulder my like, i've just been so banged up for so many years from hockey injuries and mm -hmm. you know just old movement patterns that i never un unglued and so these these injuries just continually come up little nagging injuries that turn is like fuck can't can't function and yeah. so finally we went after it and, and like, you know, we're about three months through this thing and I feel hundred, it's, it's a 180, right? Like, yeah. I feel like I move differently. I feel like I probably need a little bit more work just to move out some of, you look at how long I played hockey and then how long I didn't really pay attention or I don't know if I want to say I didn't pay attention. I knew I was in pain, but I kind of just took the athlete mentality and went, ah, let's just fucking work right through it and we'll figure it out from there. You yeah. Know, especially as like, as a coach, you never treat yourself the way you treat your clients. You just never yeah, do, exactly. which, is, which yeah. is a huge issue. But yeah. it's also been really cool because I've not only learned a ton about myself, I've not only gotten myself to be stronger in, in ways that I didn't know I was weak, but I'm learning. You know, you get to talk to more people and go, ah, oh, I didn't even think about movement in that way. I pride mm -hmm. myself in being pretty intelligent about movement. Like, I, you know, I've, I've yeah. 
a ton of human bodies. So I, I understand the anatomy fairly well. Yeah. But it's so cool when you start taking someone that like, like a Xanus or, you know, entering anybody really. And they just, they look at it and go, ah, man, I had this experience with somebody. I had to do some homework. I figured this thing out and you go, damn, dude, maybe that won't work for 99% of your clientele. But if you get the one person that comes in and you're like, you know what, let's give this cue a shot and it works yeah. for them. <laughs> win. Son of yep. a bitch, man. So like there is value in like we call it coach needs a coach. There is so much value in not only just getting your shit together, but that's how you get better. You know, like we talk about in hockey when we coach. Go watch other teams practice, steal their fucking drills and apply yeah. it to your team. Like you can change it, you can keep it the same. Try it. So yeah. to me, like that's that's probably one of the coolest things about the community is that we have a whole bunch of creative heads uh coming from a, a methodology that that we all clearly buy into but what's the harm in trying mm -hmm. something like all right you made a hard right let's just go straight a little longer and then make our right and see what happens yeah. where do we yeah. end up and uh that that's pretty cool to me yeah my favorite one of my favorite questions to ask coaches and this kind of you talk about movement brought it up brought it to mind is what do you think your niche as a coach is well if you if you had to say that you like your niche is like mine mine for example is definitely strength is getting people stronger and it's and it's application. I'm not like a research guy. I'm an application guy. So if someone yeah, does, so if like a Scutnik does a bunch of research on something, <laughs> yeah, right. And then like and then and then he and then he were to like send it to me, I would understand. Like I think I'm good at learning at knowing how to like how to like apply what they found into an actual like weight room setting. Um, yeah, but like to I'm me, not, to I'm me, like the research, dude. I feel like we're pretty similar. Like I like reading about research, but to pull out a research paper, I, I find people that I trust people like Skutnik um, or, you know, people in our field, John, John, you know, we've got yeah. so many people in our field. There's, there's certain people just on social media that you look at and you go like, I don't know, they're pretty consistent. I feel like they do a pretty good job. They're surrounded by other, you know, Rob Wolf. Okay. It's a branch of Rob, Rob Wolf thinks that this guy's pretty good. I'm going to go ahead and take the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to do a little bit of research. So I understand it. Yeah. But if Rob, you know, like I just trust it because I've gotten to know people that I trust as far as my niche goes, it's funny because I think it changes from what, what arena I'm working in, in person. Mm -hmm. It's I, I've, I've always thought, I've thought about the military for a long time. I don't think I can actually get into the military at this point. I was from the injuries, but my wife being in, it's like the, it, you know, the universe doing some weird stuff. I continually yeah. being out here, I, I get a lot of military clientele, which I love. I, I love that. I mean, I'd like to transfer more to the elite side of it, the special forces, but um, the military community is really cool. And I tend to get a lot of young athletes out here, middle school yeah. to high school uh, age group. And those seem to be my in-person where I enjoy working the most because you get to teach and mold, but you also, mm -hmm. you know, you start working with some of the more lead athletes, you start to look at and go, oh, we can push you a little bit different here mentally and physically. Yeah. Online, online, my, my whole thing is, is predominantly men. Um, but that, that former athlete, whatever capacity uh, that that's missing the competition, you know, like my story, like I, I ended up having to quit hockey because of my head injuries. It wasn't, it was a health decision at that point. Yeah. Um, and just filling that void, you know, why do we have to let performance go? I know, I know for me, I steer away from competition now, not because I'm not competitive, but because I'm fearful that I'm not going to be competitive, you know, like, Oh, I can't squat as much yeah. as the next guy. Well, okay. That's yeah. a whole ego conversation that we could dive down. But the other side of it is where did that competition side of me go? 
and it, mm-hmm. I, I kind of just was like, ah, I don't want this anymore because I'm fearful I'm going to fail. I'm not going to be good enough. All these repetitive stories have started. So to me, in the online sector, it, it really is like it's the male athlete that's probably late in their 20s that, you know, young or young family, yeah. but still wants to push envelope, but also doesn't want to CrossFit because, yeah, you know, like, I, you know, you to be really successful with CrossFit as a methodology, I think you have to have a very good coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, like yourself, you know, like that can apply it and educate to here's why you don't need to be here for seven days this week. Okay. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. So to me, it's, it's about why do we, why do we eliminate performance standards or the competitive advantage of mm-hmm. predominantly men? And I have a feeling it lies in somewhere with the mental health game or the, the mentality of things where we don't want to, we don't want to lose another thing. We don't know how to fill the void of like, I played hockey. I still haven't found some lifting weights is not the same as playing hockey. No, but I can draw some conclusions. So to me, it's really just about working predominantly with men and and keeping competition alive. And and how do we improve your performance uh, Mm -hmm. mentally and and physically? Because there's no, everybody's an athlete. It's the adult athlete, man. Yes. There's there's Um, a real community there. So sort of going down that hole, like, how do you, like, when you have somebody like walk in, like walk into the gym or reach out to you for coaching, um, or even just like advice, somebody just shoots you advice because they ask you a question because they know that you're a coach. Um, where do you start if someone's like, <laughs> Hey, I like, like, and that's, that's just, I think the simplest way to get into the conversation is like, where do you start with someone that's like, I used to be a a D one like football star, like, 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 and then I got like, I like blew out. Like I had a full knee blowout, like my last year, like, like what, where do you, where I, I think that's a really interesting conversation to have with people because it's, it's a really, for me at least it's, you have to read the room really fucking hard. Cause you 100%. can't just be like, cause I don't think you can just dive in with, well, you're not that anymore. Right. It's like, well, it's like, it's like, you still is because part of you got because you got yourself like you got there. So part of you still is that sort of like D1 guy. But it's like, now it's maybe like, whatever, when you I didn't I dropped out of college, what age do you usually graduate college 22? I don't know. I was on a long term contract. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like, (laughs) if you go in at 18. Yeah, yeah, you graduate 22, 21. Yeah, 21 or 22 let's say that 10 years later you're st- like, and you blew out your knee 10 years, like a decade ago, you're still really fucking young at 32, right. Yeah. right? Like you're still really young and it's like, and now you, but you just haven't had this huge part of your identity because like if you played ball in college or like any, like at any high level, it was probably a focus of your life for a really long time. Yeah. Dude, and it's, it's like all that shit goes through my head in an instant. And I'm like, you got to figure out like, what do you say to that person? That's like, struggling yeah. So with that? that's, that's really funny. So, um, the gyms are kind of opening up in New Jersey. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're supposed to be or whatever, but we're starting to work with people. So we've had a lot I of doubt, people. I doubt you're narking on anyone. No, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll meet y'all back. Let's do this. Um, yeah. but it's funny. My wife literally just asked me, so I had a couple people I met with last night in, in total, totally different ranges of, of athlete in, in fitness journey, all these things, right? One was younger, one's a little bit older. And my wife's like, where do you start the conversation with that? Like, how do you do that with everybody? And I, I didn't have an answer. I was yeah. like, I don't know. That's just something I do. But I don't ask about your goals right off the bat. I don't, I don't really care what your goals are. I'm more concerned about why you're here right now. Like, what, 
what fears did you get over to come talk to me or us or this gym? What are you working with right now? So I literally started with what's going on in your day today? Oh yeah. What do you do for a living? Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. Because I can probably gather right off the top of the, uh, off of that conversation of like, um, I'm in this kind of career, X kind of, kind of career. I don't know. My experience has been your type A with that probably, you know, yeah. but all right, let's start digging into that. So what'd you do before? I was a D1 football star. What happened there? I uh, blew out my knee, you know, I was supposed to be, dra- I don't know, drafted. Let's just make this guy a hero. I, you know, yeah. the <laughs> ultimate guy, this, story. Fuck. Yeah, I was this, supposed this, to go number one overall. I was, yeah, this guy's from the hills. Back of the, yeah. You know, I'm First Joe Burrow. I'm like, like, yeah, of course you're working with me. Duh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you know, in their mind, they, you know, I always joke, like I played just good enough hockey to say that we were good, but mm-hmm. I wasn't going anywhere with it. I was playing because I loved hockey. I wanted to play yeah. hockey and I wanted to continue to win at the highest level I could. But yeah. there's a competitive thing in there. And when I lost, I lost a lot of things. So I, where, where were you? Okay. Why does that have to die entirely? That yeah. mentality can be brought to a whole bunch of things in your life as long as you know how to. And so, you know, I, I try to be as open as possible. What my struggles are with people. And I do that as quickly as possible. Oh, yeah, you struggle with that, dude. Had my head injuries. I've, I've watched my teammates go win a national title of the year. I was supposed to be at the top of the food chain for playing time and all these things, right? Yeah. And so automatically you just start, all right, dude, I'm here with you. You, you don't mm-hmm. – you're not alone. We can do this. So it's a, it really is about what they're willing to give. And you kind of yeah. – you just said you have to play the room. And, and everybody's going to be a little bit different. Most people aren't going to be as talkative as you and I. And mm-hmm. it's like a gift and a curse for both of us because – this podcast probably go till eight o'clock tonight, but yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, but it is one of those things of like, wh- where were you? Where are you today? And then we can start to talk about where do you want to go and why, you know, most, a lot of people come in, if they, they say former athlete, they get a lot of people that are like, well, I just, I'm too fat now. You're like, all right, are you too fat or you just have bad habits that have made you a little, a little chubby, you know, yeah. what are you doing for workouts right now? Well, you know, I do this and this and, I'm like, are you happy? No, nah, I hate fucking cardio. I'm like, why do you do cardio? You know, I'm not going to be the guy. It's a great you, question. It's a great you know, question. Like, at some point, you got to go for a fucking walk, man. Like, yeah, get up and move. It's going to be good for you. It'd be good for you mentally. But yeah. like, oh, you want to bang some weights? Let's fucking do it. Let's do that a little faster yeah. today. Cool. Yeah. But the other side of it is, a lot of times I feel like we think this has got to be this really complicated situation. And the complex part comes in how you think. It's not in lifting weights, dude. Like, you know, you see these people, they're like thinking they're reinventing the wheel. And like, <laughs> you're working yeah. way too hard with how to squat, like just squat good enough. And then once you master that, like now we'll start talking about the heel coming on all, you know, all these things that mm-hmm. would be a little bit more advanced. But I feel like um, as former athletes uh, of, of any type, we think about the dog days of those, of, of that experience, uh, the two a day football, uh, yeah. summer training for hockey, the first week back where they just skate you down and back. I mean, it's not like that. We're going to crawl, walk, run you. I, I need you to come back so that you can get to where you want to go. But I also make sure that they always know. And when we work together, my goal is to make sure you become autonomous with this because yeah. that way I'm doing my best job to teach you. Mm-hmm. And if you decide to sit with me for five, 10 years, it's because we have a good working relationship. You like what I'm doing with you. You help like the accountability, but it's not because you have no clue how to move at this point. Yeah. Right? So, you know, at that point it could be like, here's a program if you need anything, text me or send me a video here and there. Like, well, yeah, I'm in the gym. We'll just double standard or double check it. So to me, it's really about getting a pulse on 
where they are right now today, where they were and why they want to go to where they're going. Yeah. Because generally they just go, ah, I want to, I want to look better. You're like, that's not enough. That's not what at all we're talking about. In, in long story short, you usually get from someone like that. I miss being competitive. I miss mm-hmm. sizing myself up with Christopher being in the gym. And even if he whoops my ass, still come back the next day going, I'm going to get this bastard. Like I'm just going yeah. to, yeah. Um, you know, and, and the other side of it is like, how you do that stuff is probably going to carry over to your job. Do you hate you? What do you do? Oh, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Not hopefully not too many people are in banking, but I'm a banker. I hate it. All right. Well, why? I don't know. There's just, I'm bored. I sit too much. Great. Now we're starting to talk about what it is you really like and, and you're missing competition or you're missing, there's some kind of void that's kind of missing and we've got to fill that in with good questions. Yeah. Um, and I always, I always tell people like I have a, a thing that like I, it is not my job as a coach to tell you what your goals are, right? It's my job to help you reach the goals that you come to me with. If you don't know what your goals are, then I'll just give you a starting point. And it's just by what's on, what's on the fucking board today, right? Like, let's just start there. Or, Hey, I just want to see you squat. I just want to see you move around. Like, um, but I also always tell people like your fitness is your business. It's not up to me. Like I do not have a, like, and I've known coaches that do, and it always fucks them. Like, I do not have an emotional investment in whether or not somebody agrees with the fact that I think that strength is the most important part of fitness and health, right? I know some incredible adventure race running distance runners that will go out and run 50 to a hundred mile races, like, uh, like, like once or twice a month. And I'm like, you're out of, I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, exactly. That face. I'm like, (laughs) you're out of your mind. Right. But also when they come to me and they're like, Hey, what do you think I could do to get better? It's not my place to be like, I think you should stop doing that. It is my place to say, I would like for you to squat, squat and deadlift once a week or one or the other. I want you to come do a lot of banded accessory work. I want you to start taking care of your joints and ligaments a little bit more. How how do we optimize your current situation to help you succeed and find success or minimize injury, whatever it is. Yeah, dude. It's it's an optimization situation. And I think, and I think what I think what happens with a lot of people, especially used to be former athletes, is that the best way I've thought to describe it is that athletics are on a timeline, right? Like you know when your season starts, you know when your games are, you know even down to what like what damn time your game will start. You know that like some like months ahead of time, as as far as I can tell. I have never been an athlete, but as far as as far <laughs> as my reading and talking to people, you you have all of this well ahead of time, which is why there's off season training right? And why there's in-season <laughs> training and it changes. Um, it's on a much more condensed timeline than what you normally have, which is what I think drives that intensity of, of outside of the game. That's what I think drives the intensity of, of the athletic mi- of like an athlete's mindset is like, I'm on a time crunch. I don't have time to like fuck around and not get better and not improve and not see my metrics go up. And I feel like people walk into the gym and something I try to do is just be like, Hey man, like, like once we get to the point that it's like, that it's like, I know they're a former like badass hometown hero. Right. And it's like, Hey man, what do you want to do today? you like, we got nothing to do. Like, we're just trying to help you. Like, I'm trying to help you reach your goals, but like, I'm just trying to get you stronger right now. I'm just trying right. to teach you how to move. Like, what do you want to work on? Like, I'll let, I don't put people on a program immediately. I'll have people message me and be like, Hey, I want to get in shape. What do you think I should do? Or like, will you write me a program? And I'll be like, I want you to walk for 30 minutes, three days a week for the next two weeks. 
low hanging fruit, huh? Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, that's all I want you to do. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because I just want to see that you, I just want to see if you're consistent. And Show that's me what behavioral change. Yeah, I'm like, I just want to see that you actually want to exercise, and I don't want to just throw something at you and take your money and then you not do it a week later. Yeah. Like, but, but it's, it, it, but, but it, yeah, that is really difficult. In, I've. I struggle to put this out there sometimes because some people that I feel are way smarter and way more experienced than me would probably argue it. But I actually am starting to become really more, a lot more confident with this comment. I think everybody is an athlete and athlete athleticism is on a spectrum, right? Because who do we look at really that we go, Oh, these are the best movers that are in the best shape, you know, whatever it's, it's our athlete idol, you know, yeah. whether it's plates, you know, I don't know, maybe in shape to you as being an old lineman and you know, 300 pounds. I don't know. That's fine. We can talk about it. My favorite, my favorite, my favorite athlete in the world is Nate Diaz. Yeah, right. So like, and I mean, mean, has anyone looked at his spine lately? (laughs) He has a crazy (laughs) spinal structure, right? And he has this wild hunched over like appearance and like he's lanky, like, like he's my favorite athlete to watch. Right. And and we, I mean, we can get into like different weight classes and talk Mm -hmm. about, well, this is why we probably wouldn't want to be here all the time because we know that at this X, X percentage body fat, we start to see a slew of other issues come on, but because you are moving so much or you just, maybe you're carrying a certain way, you probably have a little grace. Okay, fine. But I do believe that everybody's an athlete. I don't, I don't care if it's you're seven years old. If we improve your movement, you just became more athletic. Yes. Now, are you going to play in the NHL? No, you you're definitely way too old, but like not most people don't make it to those places, but that doesn't mean you aren't athletic or that you can't, achieve athleticism of some sort it's just a spectrum right like that's what like crossfit does with the health spectrum boom yeah fitness spectrum whatever they call it i don't even know anymore um but like not you're not going to be just redlined all the way over here just because you're working hard there's yes. genetics or geography there's all these things that come into play so to me like you know i using the 70 year old example if we can get you a little stronger and a little quicker if yep. you do start to take a fall and you now have the ability to plant your foot into the ground, hold up your body structure and produce force against the floor and you don't fall. Yep. I don't know. That looks just like a change of direction to me. An athlete does. It yes. just happens way slower. And we hope that yes. it doesn't happen as often because exactly. your, hip, your hips aren't going to be that going that yep. long. But I like, would, that's, that's the idea I try to take. So I'm like, for the most part, I feel like the majority of the world looks at athletes and goes, oh, my God, they're these, they're, they're these Greek gods in some way. Mm-hmm. Great. Let's, let's take what they do at a fundamental level and just, I don't know, not dumb it yeah. down, water it down to, like, what are you able to do? And then once we find that, oh, let's start to improve that performance from there. Yep. You know, I don't know. I never was going to the NHL. I knew that from probably when I was eight years old. Still dream. But I also didn't work any less because I just wanted to be better at what I was doing. Yeah. So, and I think, I think that for me, the way I, the way I always describe to people is like my, my view on athletes is biased because I have never been an athlete and I don't view myself as an athlete. Um, And coming from like a CrossFit background, like as the primary thing that I did for fitness, I never considered it. I never considered myself an athlete because I was racing someone else in exercise. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. I could never, yeah. I could never, and like, and I'm not hating on it. I, I love, I I'll love, hate on it for you then. I, no, I, no, dude, like I, I love, I love the CrossFitters that I know. Like I know so many wonderful ones. I also have met a ton of CrossFitters and a ton of former like D1 players and like that are just fucking dicks. 
Like it's yeah. just everywhere. Well, it, it, but it's it like goes any any situation you do, you're but it's like bad. It, yeah. Exa- so like for me myself, I never considered myself an athlete because I was racing dudes just in class, right. and I'm like, whatever. But I but so I've always said that like to me, an athlete is someone that like because the definition of it is someone that contends for a prize. And I'm like, I don't get anything at the end of it. I don't think I'm an athlete, but that's also not everybody views it and they don't have to. It's again, your, your definition of athleticism, what an athlete is, isn't my business. It's just, that's how I view it. And, and that's, I, that's why I, I always say it's that, on a spectrum there with yeah. like, if people don't always that, want to listen to the whole conversation, they go, they hear the first thing and they go, oh, fuck that. That's wrong. You're like, yep. Hold on, man. I'm not saying that seven-year-old grandma is going to the show, man. I'm not saying yeah. that. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like my, I think the way that I view it is I put more emphasis in my mind on the definition of, I don't want, I don't care if I'm an athlete. I'd care if I develop my athleticism. Exactly. hundred percent. That's the way I think that's, so that's the way my, my brain thinks about it. And that's how I yeah. try to explain it to people. I'm like, I'm like, when, when we talk about improving athleticism, like you just said, I'm not saying that you're going to the show and I'm not saying that you get to play, you get to walk on at the Rose bowl next year. <laughs> I'm saying that like, I'm going to improve your, like, just like, I'm just going to improve your, your awareness of what you're doing. I'm going to make you stronger, more stable, a little bit faster and more explosive. Or if you come to me and say, I want to shave an hour off my, off my like ultra marathon time, I'm going to work towards that. Cause that's your athletic endeavor. And there are, there are routes that you can take to get there. Like I want to improve athleticism. I don't, but I'm, I'm also someone that's like, but I don't necessarily care about being an athlete because I've never right. been one. Right. I go to like, I go, I go to like, and it's also because I'm not super competitive. Right. Like I went to jujitsu last night and people almost look surprised because like they'll sub me and I was turning around and be like, thanks man. That was awesome. I have a smile on my face. So like, okay, you you good? And I'm like, (laughs) I love getting my ass kicked. I'm like, that was great. I'm like, I'm like, that was so cool. Like I just, I find physical activity fun. Right. And I, I like to see if I can be like good at it for my standards, but my standards are also a little fucking low because I used to be obese and almost dead. Like, so like, no matter, no matter what I'm doing, I am way above it. It's, it's, it's fascinating because people do want to argue like, uh, they're not athletes. I didn't say yeah. they're athletes. I'm saying, let's think like you're an athlete. Why can't you yep. be an athlete coming, trying to improve? So yeah, building athletic, maybe I need to go back and fix my verbiage, but like, no, you're good. It's yeah, building yeah. athleticism because generally, you know, in, in what my, my niche would be at that point would be, how do we optimize you? And what I remember from being in you know, hockey, as much as I wasn't great, every time I went to hockey, I had to kind of reflect on what I did. Or even in the moment, you know, you're in a game or even a practice, you run, you run drill multiple times, repetition, right? We're practicing. This is, we're yeah. trying something new. This is the time. Practice is the time to make your mistake. Try it. You yep. turn the puck over in hockey practice. You, you might you might get yelled at okay you turn over in a game you may have just lost the game which has yes. implications that are endless at that point yeah. so it was always like okay you gotta get over the fear of being embarrassed but you also have to get over the fear of that what if this works this may just change your entire game and so you're you're very analytical and, and i pride myself in trying to be pretty um introspective i don't think i do a great job of it but i i try yeah. to be at least aware of what what the hell is going on in my life and i, I just I think always think, should be you're right you hope that i mean that's what i try to call today with other people but it, it's um it's one of those things where i just remember being analytical about a lot like every drill every time i did something is uh that was a good pass but here's what i was doing with this i maybe i'll try it off the boards this time or maybe i'll wait and i'll let them kind of go this way and then i'll do that and it was just 
continually readjusting, readjusting. You sometimes you yep. do it in practice. You come home from practice, you think about it. You go to your game. You got to make adjustments on the fly. Stuff happens fast. And mm-hmm. so, to me, I when you start, particularly when you get you know that adult athlete who may have been the former athlete, they're missing that. Yeah, they may not know it, but they're fucking missing that part. That's a huge boy because they're like, "What the fuck do I need to be analytical about? I just sit down with weight and I stand up." No, yeah. no, no, no. What happened in that squat? Why did that one feel worse than the other one? Like, yep. you can still fill that void, and that to me is what improves athleticism. It's it's continual uh, analysis of what you're doing, trying to go out and be the learner, right? Yeah. Like. Try and empty your cup out a little bit, get the experience, fill it back up, empty it out, fill it back up, and then start putting in what you think is right. And it yep. can always be changed. To me, that's that's really where it comes from is because in my experience, I mean, I'm 10 years removed from it. I still play beer league hockey, and I still get really emotional about it because I'm super competitive. But yep. I've always, like in the last 10 years, I've been like, where's my competition at? Oh, it's still there. It's just there with the thing that you used to be good at. Yep. And you're scared to try and – get into a new arena and be good with it there. And that holds me back in a lot of things. And now you start looking at what what's there. I play beer league hockey, man, where most people are just there to drink beers. I'm there to win. I, I don't yeah. – maybe that's a yeah. me issue. But, like, I don't really do anything to lose. Yeah. I mean, if, we lo- if we lose in beer league, I'm like, oh, whatever, it's fine. But I'm also not showing up on a Friday night to go, I hope my ass gets handed to me. Oh, I'd, I'd like to be competitive. Yeah. I'd like to work hard and, and, and still – I want to make sure that my hockey game doesn't decline at such a rate that if I do have kids, my son's whooping my ass, or my daughter's whooping my ass in hockey. That's the other argument I have with that my clientele. They come to me and they're like, I don't know, I used to be high school quarterback, and now my son can throw farther than me. Oh, so what you just said is you're missing the competition. You want to whoop your son's ass still. Let's yep. get you there. Let, yep. now, we still have goals, man, and they're athletic goals. Yes. Let's do that. You don't have to be 50 and let your son beat up on you. You can still go out there in three or four months and go, give me the ball. Yeah. Right? Like, give yeah. me the ball. <laughs> yeah. So to yeah, me, right. like, that is, that is exactly like, I don't know. I look at my dad. My dad's a musician. He, he's a very successful uh, drummer. And, and, like, I play the drums. I know for a fact that he would practice sometime when I started getting pretty good. He would practice a little bit harder just to make sure he could look at me and go, you, you still got work to do, kid. Like, you, you're yeah. like, yeah. Just so you know, your dad can punk you. And yeah. what better thing in the world is that? You know, yep. like, yep. this kid's looking up to you and you go, your old man still got it. So to me, like. And like, what did people know, say to each other they're... when. No, you're fine. But like, what did it's people just, say to each yeah. other when they were kids? They were like, I can kick your dad's ass. <laughs> right. Yeah, or my dad can kick my your dad's ass. My dad's better than yours. Yeah. 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 You know, it's so a big part of it. To me, like, it's particularly in the male culture, I won't speak for the female culture. I, I'm not a female, so only mm-hmm. so much I can talk about it. But we are competitive to a, everybody's different levels of competition. You are competitive, man. If you started to get a taste of like, oh, I can start whooping up on some people, you would still do that. But also in part of being a, comp, a competitor means where's the next challenge? Because yes. what do we know? What happened? We scheduled a weekend of fucking cupcake team. Oh, boy. The next week of practice was miserable because the next, the following weekend of teams, it wasn't a cupcake. You can't, you can't play down. We got to find a way to elevate. And, and yeah. that's, you know, you watch playoffs and, and sports happen and, and what happens. I, I love X's and O's of things, but I'm, I love the mind of all like athletes in particular or just elite level thinking. I'm like, yeah. how, how do the NHLers 
I'm a hockey guy, so I just go to yeah. NHL. But like, how do they go two months of playing this this bloodbath sport in the playoffs? They're all beat the shit, and yet they're all getting better. How do you do that? It's not all of a sudden they just got better at hockey. It's that focus just increased. Their ability, they, they got a t- they got one more taste, and the guy yep. across them is elevating their comp- level of com- uh, you know compete, and so you got to level up too. Life, I mean, that translates over to your career, your marriage. Yeah. I mean, hopefully you're not competing too much with your wife, but I think that like, I don't know. I, I always joke when I was able to run before Xanus took that away from me for a little bit. My wife, being Marine, she's she's a pretty good runner out even outside of the Marines. But like, mm-hmm. every time we go for just a light jaw, I, I would always make sure somehow that I, like, I try and push just a little bit harder at the end and make sure yeah. I finish in front of her. More, yep. more of like kind of friendly competition, but yeah, I don't want to. I'm not chasing. I want you to chase me. Yes. You know? yes. So maybe I'm sick up. I'm sick in the head with that stuff, but. I just think that competition is healthy for us. And I think where do we get most of our competition is when we think about athletes or athleticism. Yes, and, and for sure. Time that, that doesn't have to leave you just because you literally stop playing your sport. You can find yeah. competition. Go throw darts. I don't know. One of the, and one of the things that like, and you've probably addressed this with people that are former athletes and you've probably encountered it is like the idea that like, so basically uh, I think, would you say that a good way to sum it up would be that like when Cause like the example of like the NHL, the NHL, like an NHL tournament or finals, the way I view that, like in my mind is that like, when you're moving through this progression of a tournament, the stakes are getting higher. So, you know, it doesn't fucking matter how I feel. I got to be switched on. Right. I, I just got to go. So would you, so I think that's something that I run into with, um, with former athletes is the idea of trying to, and I feel, and I'm not trying to like, if people want to feel it, they can feel it. But I always try to reassure them like, the stakes are not as high here. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because because it causes them because it causes them to like to overextend, overreach, overpush. And I'm like, you are you are the person that got that athlete to that level. You are still not at that. You are no longer at that level. It's like when like some 50 year old dude comes in and you're like, and we're benching and he's like, yeah, I bench 405 in high school. And I'm like, cool today. Cause you just told me five years ago, man. Yeah. I'm like, cause you just, cause you also said you haven't worked out in 20, like in 20 years. <laughs> um, today we're not doing that. And then you turn your back for a moment and he makes a 90 pound jump to 405 and it like from 315. And you're like, and he like, and he like pulls his pec and you're like, dude, what? Yeah. Come on. I, I think, right? I think that like, lies like, in yeah. – that, that to me is like the art of coaching right there, right? Because yes. it, I'm, I'm, whether it's athletics, athletics or it's any other part of your life, you've probably felt that void when it gets taken away from you. You know, yes. like, uh, you know, family member dies or wh- whatever it might be. There, there's always going to be some kind of void that you're going to be longing for. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. I think that's part of the human experience. And I think part of the art of coaching is going, okay, listen, we don't have football on Saturday to compete with. Yes. But here's what we can do. We can make rational goals. You know, I don't know, squat. I want to squat 500 pounds. Great. Okay. Let's get the 315 first. Yes. All right. So we're at 225. Great. Here's, here's our method to get there. Just like if you're trying to win national title in football, we got to hit this this week. And we got to come back and practice all these other things, practice this week. And then the following Saturday, we're going to have the next thing. You know, and maybe it's not competition the same way, but just helping – the athlete, this is something I didn't ever really get, but helping them readjust their focus to what does it mean to compete and yeah. com- competing with yourself. 
a lot of times they don't, we don't think of ourselves as competing with ourselves when we're athletics, but you mm -hmm. are because you have to get better. Yep. It's just easy because if you don't, it's the other guy that whooped your ass. Yes. But now it's the same thing. So the practice is like, well, how can we make your squat look better? How can we make you do this, this, and this? Here's why we do it. But then really just refocusing the mind into going, what happened with your foot there? How can we adjust that? That's where the competition, that's gamesmanship, that's competitive advantage that we would yep. see in any, uh, any other arena. And now we're just doing it with fitness or food. You know, like if I'm really, I mean, I struggle with my food mightily. I got mm -hmm. all the information to tell you probably what to do, enough to get you to your goals. But I struggle with my own. I love ice cream. I love pizza. I'm attached to it emotionally through some bad habits from my childhood. Yeah. But when you really look at it, if I summed it up like a hockey game, I'd probably be way more successful. Yeah. Right. If I don't have this ice cream tonight, I might be able to shoot the puck a little harder. In my, I don't, you know, I don't know. You, you yeah. create these little, little feedback loops for you and you go, ah, fuck. All right. I did have the ice cream. Did I have yeah. too much? Did I not? Like, did I skate too much? Not enough? Did I overshoot the pass? And so to me, it really is just creating a new environment mentally for yourself. And that's the part that I love more. I mean, you do anything, you're probably going to get stronger, right? With yeah. some kind of reason. Um, you know, if you just basically, okay, we're going to go four by 10 today. Great. Put a little more weight on the next time. Got it. Yeah, stronger. whatever. You know, but the mentality is, is really, it's the base of all things performance and longevity, um, whether it's just health or it is really in competition it, it mindset really is the it's just the foundation of everything life and, yeah. and you can take that with anything and to me it's just how do you re as a coach what's the art of coaching and and being able to get to where your clients are for them to trust you but also to be the therapist and, and reassess like okay here's here's what you're thinking and i totally get been there man but this isn't going to win you anything right yeah. like we're thinking about the next 20 years of your life and we're going to have these little mile, milestones in between. And if you do find, you know, maybe you find strongman or, you know, I don't know, competitions yeah. that you enjoy doing, we can, we can readjust that too. But reality is like, all right, 30, I want to be able to do this. Great. Let's yep. make that the goal then. And how do we get there rationally? And, and to me, it really is just manipulating your thinking. And, mm -hmm. and more than anything, that's why people hire a coach. Uh, you know, like, yeah, I, I had a guy back home that we started working together years ago and he, when he worked in the area and then he moved out about 45 minutes away from me he had another trainer he's still driving me two or three times a week and yeah. he's like you, you know nobody gets me like you do i'm like dude you know i don't even program for you i come into each session going here's what i'd like to accomplish as far as movements go mm -hmm. and then i wait for you to walk in usually 15 minutes late and uh and i'm like what feels good today yeah what doesn't feel good because if you're it, you know, uh, my knee, my hamstrings really bother me. I'm not pulling off the ground now. So how do I get what the stimulus it is that I wanted, but also make sure you walk out going, fuck yeah, man. I feel great. I feel stronger. Yep. I feel worked out. I feel like I accomplished things. That's competition too. Yeah. Just making sure this is the best part about your day. I don't know. And that's a big thing that like, I've, I've always just disagreed with the idea of like, you need to chase down your weaknesses. I've always disagreed with that idea. I'm like, especially for like the general population, I'm like, no, you fucking don't, right? Like, right. no, you fucking don't. If you care about being better at it, then, then chase it down. But man, yeah, I've met so many, I've met so many people, like a lot of those adventure race runners, they don't give a shit about their deadlift. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like okay, yeah, and I'm like, cool. <laughs> you don't need an elite level, like powerlifting total. 
you don't like and i don't care if you want it same thing with like i know a lot of lifters that could give that could give a rat's ass if they ever like run a mile nonstop, no matter how long it takes them right and i'm like cool then don't do it right like health and health and performance and and your optimization is is your you you said it i love the way you say it's your business yeah you just you just tell me what you want if you're unhappy, I need you to voice that too. If you love something we're doing, I need you to voice that. Yep. Yeah, there's going to be certain times where I'm going to look at you and go, I hear you, but unfortunately, we just kind of got to do this too. Uh, yes. You know, like I'll, I'll, I'll work to give you what you want, but I also need you to give me a little bit of what I want because we just have to. Now, yep. you know, like the, the ultra marathoner, is deadlift going to help them? Probably not. But would it be beneficial, you know, if they have an off season, whatever it is, to hit deadlift a little bit? Yeah, man, we're just trying to get you some different movement patterns. It's, yeah. We're not trying to make you a better runner. We're just trying to give you longevity at this point. And yeah, it's so funny because, you know, being more in the CrossFit world for quite a while there, and uh, I mean, I've moved out of it quite a bit. It, it was always like, why do you feel like you have to do so fucking much today? You know, yeah. more is not always more. And, and it's always funny to me where, you know, they, they want to do – 500 push-ups today you can't even extend your arms out front of you without weight yeah so if you can't if you can't put your arms straight out in front of you i don't think the recipe is 500 more of those with a little bit of resistance even if it's body yeah. weight i think we've yeah. got other things we need to address that will help you become better at that don't worry about the push-up i will get you back to the push-up but i need yes. you to figure out how to extend your arms again and that was and that was that's a big thing that like i noticed with when i got to crossfit um I had no idea about programming or anything like that when I got to program, when I got to CrossFit, I had, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about coaching, nothing. I was just, my buddy did it. He introduced me to it and I was like, okay, this is fun. I'll do it. And it was a lot more fun at the time than going to the Y by myself six days a week. Right. Um, but I remember getting there and once I started looking into it and like reading more and when I got like a couple years, like, cause my first year I decided I wanted to get into coaching and I was like, I'll try to cross CrossFit. Um, and when I got into like the programming side of everything, I was like, there's, and I was following so many gyms. I was like, people are doing a lot of shit. And I didn't really understand like the negative, the, like the negative side of that yet. But I was like, why are people doing so much shit? But then, you know, as I went on and on and I got more into like the games, I was like, that's why people are doing a lot of shit mm -hmm. because CrossFit's best publicity, even now, since they've like taken so much focus away from the competitive side of it and like the sports side of it their best publicity is still are still CrossFit games athletes. And when people it, follow their programs, they just want it. They, they want to do what their favorite athletes are doing. Right. So they just, they just started piling on volume and then gyms were like, well, this is what people want. So we'll just do it. Or they would go look at comp train right. or something like that, which is built to like, which is built to build volume, like in your programming and in like a competitive set and like day because if in competitive CrossFit, as we all know, you have to, be able to do multiple high intensity workouts in like maybe just two hours. Right. Um, but like gyms would just be like, okay, fuck it. And they would, they just ran with it. Right. And it's, it didn't, it, it didn't have to make sense. It's funny to I'm try and put this whole thought together, see where this goes. Um, it's funny to watch, you know, what used to be CrossFit football. Now, obviously we've got templates, uh, you know, PA is, is put templates together for a whole slew of different goals. Uh, but when you look at what most CrossFit gyms look like, at least my experience as far, 
is it's yeah. really gone away from the three days on, one day off, gymnastics, uh, metabolic, and, and weightlifting. It right? hasn't been we, that we, in a long time. Right. And, right. and my buddy that I podcast with just recently, uh, he owns a gym where he is true CrossFit. He, he teach one workout today. Anything we do is going to be accessory work to that, or it's going to be teaching the movement or warming you up properly. And that's your yeah. hour. It's one work. We're not doing strength and the workout. There might be some accessory work that like looks like bodybuilding, but it really is in preparation to get you to be your best and, and acclimated to perform best in this workout. Yes. Which I can appreciate. I'm like, dude, this is why I still agree with what you're doing because you basically do daily undul undulated periodization at that point because you yeah. do monitor. All right. Okay. Well, if someone doesn't want to come in two days in a row, it doesn't matter. They've got a 48 hour rest period now where they get the mm -hmm. chill. Yeah. But most, most, gyms in my knowledge now look a lot like what CrossFit football used to look like, but in a CrossFit way, they've got the strength, maybe 12 things of strength. And then they've got, you know, 40 minute Metcon, but they've only got 60 minutes to do it. And I always call it 10 pounds of shit in a five pound shit bag. Hmm. You know, like we're fearful of missing out. That's how I program for myself. That's why I have to hire somebody to program for me because yeah. I look and go, I know all my deficiencies. I know all the things I like to do. I'm going to do them all on Monday. And then on Tuesday, yeah. I'm like, well, now what? You yep. know? So when I program for somebody else, I go, listen, you don't need to do so much. You can just breathe for a second, put your intensity in this thing. Let's rest and do all that, right? For me, it's a different issue. But I've always, like, that's what, that's what initially drew me to CrossFit and, and, like, intuitively, or to CrossFit football intuitively was, like, this just makes sense. Like, I feel trained, yes. but I, and my body was going through changes. Like, I could be on it for two weeks, and I'd be like, dude, my fucking sleeves are tight because yeah. I'm, doing, I'm doing strict pull-ups and shit like that. And it just, and it also, it, I mean, it fed what I wanted to do, you know, kind of like, yeah, politics. You, you see what you want to see. And that's what you, it, yes. usually I agrees with what you believe. But yeah. to me, it was, it was that whole situation and that, that really has rubbed your long, wrong way with CrossFit. I think that's been the majority of our community um, power. And that's probably where a lot of the, the issue comes from. Of like, it's mm. not really science-based anymore, but then the other side of it is, CrossFit's a great GPP thing, specifically when you've got a really good coach that can help you um, monitor and, and manage the load, right? Yes. So if you aren't if you aren't doing a traditional three days on, one day off, how, how you know dot com CrossFit dot com had had it set up. I don't I haven't been to that site in years, but yeah. if you're not doing it that way, where it's, it is more of a closer to the ten pounds of shit in a five pound shit bag, there is a coaching ability there to go. Listen, you don't need to be two or three to four days tops and let's take yeah. some days off here and let's breathe. Let's go for a walk. Maybe do a 5k instead of lifting it all. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And, and their whole thing CrossFit was, it was generalization. And that, that did so much for health and fitness. Like, thank God that came around because it's got the breed of the box gym, the micro gym, like all these small business gyms. And it got people moving in different ways. Was it more athletic? Yes. Yep. But here, here's where I thought they really went wrong. They try to make a specialization out of CrossFit with the CrossFit games. Now that's so, that was the big, like everybody sees it, make draws everybody in. Yep. The problem is you don't see CrossFit athletes going to other major athlete, athletics in, in participating successfully, but yes. you definitely could see some of these major athletes from the major four, you know, whatever it is, maybe whatever, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Coming over to CrossFit and finding success. So is it making you more athletic or is it making you really a lot better at like just the skill set? You know, yeah. it's like the boat. It's like the BOSU ball. Oh, look how fucking hard this is. I'm getting stronger because I'm standing on a BOSU ball at two feet. 
I don't know, that looks like a skill to me that if I just work long enough, I'll develop the skill to stand up on it. Did I really get stronger? I don't think it's really measurable in strength, maybe Mm -hmm. in certain ways. But to me, that was always kind of, that still is really one of my conflictions with it because I'm like, I know what you're doing. I think it's cool. You have competition as, as an aspect of CrossFit. I think competition is good for everybody. Yeah. You know, may, you know, you may whoop my ass, but if I'm moving a little faster, maybe, maybe I'm working a little harder. Maybe I felt like mailing it in today and you made me yep. work harder. Awesome. Cool. But when you start kind of building it, getting away from what the community is and that's GPP and you try to go into a specialized arena of like anybody can go to regionals. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. Now we're starting to get everybody to compete towards this one thing. And, and most people don't have the capacity. Most people can't hold their hands straight overhead. Yeah. And now you're going to ask them to do it with a lot of weight for 50 fucking reps in the fastest amount of time. Like, ooh, sounds rough. So that, that's always been a really big confliction for me. And it's not to sit there and say that CrossFit's bad. CrossFit has been an overall very, very positive thing, despite a lot of what's happened in the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, as a oh, methodology, I agree. I agree. it's, I agree it's been a very, very positive thing. I'll never take that away. But what I always used to tell people, and I still will, is that with every good, there's some bads, and you have to understand how to manipulate it. So CrossFit as a foundational thing is very, very good. You know, mm-hmm. it's scalable. Anybody can really do it. There's a great community. There's some good coaches in there that can help you with mind, body, spirit, what, nutrition, whatever it is. We've got enough to really improve your health. Yeah. But when we start getting you to the level of like, this is the hard part where you start looking at, all right, we're going to compete. They made levels yep. for 40 and 50 and 60 years old, which is really cool when you look at like, oh, it's just, it usually makes you feel good. But when yeah. you look at it from more of like a longevity standpoint, you're like, are we GPP or are we specialized? Yeah. And, and that's, that's really been a really difficult internal conversation that I've, I've had to battle because I do, I, most of my friends are from the CrossFit community or power athlete now. Yeah, you know, so they're not bad people. It's not a bad thing. It's just that I think it's been a little bit misrepresented and maybe a bit misdirected in terms of what the games really meant. Yeah, in people disguising that as being an athlete, do you become more athletic? Again, definitions matter. You know, how do we define this thing? But I don't, I don't see how you take the maybe that maybe there's a couple that can come from CrossFit and go produce in some other sport I, mm-hmm. chances are they had that back that sports background but if i take a football player or a hockey player or something like that and i would drop them into crossfit they would have number one the mentality to fuck you up but number yeah. two they've got this base where they go wait you just want me to do what i've done for my entire life a little bit faster all right and, and to me like it goes one way but it, it the reaction doesn't go back to the other way where crossfit yes. to superstar versus in backwards that's that's been one of those things that's really hard for me to digest and i think i think of i think a lot of that i talk i talk a lot about people's emotional attachment to exercise because i used to have one or like a really toxic one um i think a lot of what i see with the crossfit community a lot is that because man i i love I love, I love people like and i've got so many friends that do this shit and i'm like i'm always like no i'm not doing it with you like I i don't want to Mm-hmm. Um, they just, they just, they want to just stack shit, man. They want to do like, they want to do, uh, they want to do like that training IQ, the Ben uh, program. That's like a weightlifting program that Ben Bergeron and Sean Waxman put out and it's an app and it's cool. They want to do, yeah, right. I have a <laughs> lot of thoughts. His, his comment, his comment that 
CrossFit is a sport of metabolism. Still, I have listened to that a number of times, and I still don't understand what. Like, I'm like, I'm just what? curious why his. People How does that work? Anything? Yeah, they they haven't won anything in a while. Um, but it, but like, I just I know all these people that like they just stack shit and they stack shit and they stack shit. And then when you're like, hey, you're doing too much because they're also people they they're they're invested, and I love that. I love dedication. I love commitment. I love I love people that are invested in what they're doing. But it's like then they're also the, they're the people that get super pissed when they don't hit PRs. Yeah. They're the people that throw hissy fits in the gym. They slam barbells. They yell at their coach. They, uh, they just, they get super fucking mad. And I'm like, dude, I, I had a per, I had a friend of mine get super pissed at me one time. Cause she didn't win a competition that I programmed. And, but, you but a girl, <laughs> but, but a girl that I was seeing, did win it so she was like you programmed it for her and yada yada like i work just as hard if not hard it was like dude what the fuck are you on about like what are you talking about and i was like and, and what i ended up telling her i was like i was like my girlfriend at the time i was like she were she does strength training and then she does one workout a day yeah. i was like you do as many metcons as you can in a day like, and I always have to, like, you always have to reel those people in because I'm like, you're doing too much. And people are like, the garbage well, volume, if, man. yeah, it's like, like people are just like, if I just keep piling shit on, I'll surely get better at some point. And it's, and it's like, no, if you're gonna, and I've, I've put, I've made posts about it and I've said it like so many times, if you are going to compete in a sport like CrossFit, you have to load and build into the amount of volume that you have to do at competition time. Every day can't be a competition. Speaking. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, people are like, what do I do? And I'm like, you have to build your fucking foundation and then go from there. And also build a foundation strong enough that it'll stand up to the competition. Well, is, is that not the biggest issue? Like, that, that's when you start getting scientific about it, mm -hmm. that's the problem with CrossFit. Now, is there science involved in it? Yep. Is, it, sure. is it wrong? No. But when we're looking at how do we peak somebody, it's yeah. not accurate because, like, why can I take a different an athlete from a different setting and drop them across and them have success? It's yeah. not because it's not just genetics. It can't be just genetics. Yeah. But I mean, is there a player in there? Fine. Outliers, whatever. But like, it's getting on the bike and why do we understand rest intervals? Why do we understand, you know, time, time, time to work to rest intervals so that like we develop in an, an environment uh, metabolically to shift our curves. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's, here's what, Here's where you're weak. Great. But like, you know, I, there's a guy at the gym back home in Michigan. Great, great dude. CrossFit used to be a, uh, um, a long distance swimmer in the short Metcons, man. He would turn white and, and his lips would get blue and he'd be like almost vomiting. And one day he's just sitting there and I was like, ask him about his food, ask him about his sleep. And like anything meta, you know, medically that you've had in your past, like maybe there's something going on at the heart. Maybe there's a gas exchange issue that like, Maybe there's something actually wrong here. Yeah. And then I'd actually reached out to Skutnik, and after I had sent it out to him, I was like, I wonder when the last time he sprinted is. Yeah. And I went back to Nate and Ben said, he's like, what has he done for his past? And I was like asking him more questions. I'm like, you ever sprint? You ever do like short duration stuff? Because it was the bike. It was the assault bike mm -hmm. with like, you know, sprint 20 seconds, take two minutes, whatever it might have been. I don't even know what the workouts were, but like, it yeah. was very, it was very ATP, very quick glycolysis. And he goes, no. Interesting. So I had Skutnik actually write up a quick program where like he and I talked about a little bit of, and he, he just sent over, he's like, here's maybe something we would think about. And I gave it to him. 
and we we started off crawling and even that was destroying him so i had to write negative work weeks yeah where i took i took it from like dude we can't really get any less than this but okay here we go and you're starting to put like an rpe on them and just go we need to this is going to take a couple months because you have neglected this system so hard and that's that's where like the foundation of like Okay, we've got overload. Technically, we overload, but we kind of are misled with overload and CrossFit. Um, yeah. That's where good good coach really matters. Um, but the system is predominantly the same. We're always working longer than two minutes for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've got a really good fan time, I guess it's pretty fast. But even then, it's, you're it's still just in barely a light <laughs> pathway, man. There's no rest. There's nothing that really shifts you. So when Bergeron says, like, it's a metabolic sport, kind of, it's more of a malnutrition sport. Yeah. You know, who's who's gonna be the most who's gonna be the least malnourished at the end of this thing? You're probably gonna win. And yeah. it's funny you bring that up because I every once in a while I'd jump into a you know, if there was like a, a wad that would be like right in my wheelhouse, I'd jump in the class and be like, Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I haven't worked out today. Let me get a quick intensity thing in here. Yeah, it's heavy, short, and fast. Yeah, yeah. Let me show you guys up. Coach Brian's got it. Mm-hmm. But it was also like I was like, I can make sense of this workout, I can fit yeah. it into my training, and I'm not gonna be worse off for it for tomorrow. But then the last year they're like, are you, we, we did like an in-house competition with the open because mm-hmm. the open's all fucked up now. And yeah. I wasn't going to, yeah, I was super. like, I couldn't remember the last time I participated in the open, maybe 2011, 2012. I was like, I, this thing doesn't make sense to me. I'm not giving my money to be measured up against something when I could just look yeah. at the leaderboard and go, I don't know. My score was it. Yeah. I'm, I'm last in the world. Great. Um, yeah. This is, this is awesome. Right. So they were like, we got two cabs. You need a third. I was like, fuck it. All right. I'll just do it. It's one workout a week. It's not whatever. Five weeks. We'll be fine. Yeah. Gym camaraderie. Great. So I did it. I was following. I don't know what I was following at that point. Maybe Jack street or maybe feel strong. So nothing, nothing that would make you think like open wise, you're going to fucking crush it for what I was doing for training. I finished way too close to the top every fucking week of our entire gym. We had some really good athletes and it was all because one, I was strong enough. Number two, I didn't blow my load the first time through. It was like, all right, I understand what this workout was asking me. Let me understand the pacing. And number three, I moved really well. My squat didn't waste a lot of energy. I just found a pay. Like people could blow through the first 15 wall balls and I'd still be on 10. And it was like, yeah, but when 12 minutes comes by and I'm just going at the same pace, I've outlasted you. There's strategy in this thing. Yeah. And it was just kind of, that's the whole situation. And that part of it was kind of reassuring to me of like what we do with power athlete, but it also was reassuring to the fact of like science kind of matters. Uh, yes. And it, <laughs> so. it, it matters. It ma- And it matters a lot. Like, cause I've had, I've had one of the biggest, one of the biggest criticisms that I used to get, um, about my programming back at my old job from people. And I was, and I'm that coach that I'm like, if there's a problem, just come talk to me. I don't, my ego's not invested in it. I don't have like, I don't have like a ton of pride and I'm just like, this is my job. And I want to provide a product that people like and a service that people enjoy. Um, because I enjoy my job. I love my job. Um, I'm also good at my job. So I like doing it, um, <laughs> but we like, but like people would be like, cause I, I would write, uh, except on Tuesdays. So I'd, I'd write like 12 workouts a week, right. For the gym. Uh, no 14. Cause I, I ran our competition class too. I would write like, like 13 workouts or whatever the fuck, um, a week be, and there would always be three options on the board. It'd be a CrossFit workout, which was basically just me saying, this is GPP. And then right. sometimes there'd be skill days. There was an endurance workout because our gym was full of distance runners. And then there was a strength workout because people re- because a lot of people t- 
talked about, they wanted to get stronger. They hated that they used to be strong. They're not strong now, or they're there and they're like, I just, I just want to be stronger. I have a goal. And man, people used to just like, look at like, and it was weird because the strength track got really popular or people would come in and be like, there's not a workout on the board I want to do. And I'm like, okay, there's three workouts on the board. You've already, <laughs> you've already got, you've already gotten plus accessory work plus a well-written work. Like you've gotten triple the amount of product that you're going to get somewhere else. I don't know. What the <laughs> That's when I just look at people and go, what do you want to do? I told, I told someone one day, I was like, I was like, then go to orange theory. I was like, I don't know what to tell you. I was like, then just go somewhere else. Um, but the, the strength track got really popular and people were kind of confused by it because they would say they're like, that's the least CrossFit one, but why are they getting better at like Fran? And I'm like, because the loading and the movement pattern is doing two things. It's making them stronger and it's forcing them to slow down. So they're focusing on movement. Yeah. I was like, you got to focus on your movement a whole hell of a lot more when you're doing a thruster at 135 than when you're doing it at, at like 75 or just the bar. Same thing shit tons of strict uh, gymnastics work shit ton of push-ups deficit push-ups different angles plyo push-ups a lot of strict pulling um, a lot of ring rows that surprised people a lot like people would be like I want to get horizontal better. plane matters yeah people would be like i want to get better at pull-ups and i'm like do do supine ring rows <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm and, and they're like, and they're like what and they're and i'm like i'm like do it they're like what should i do i'm like do three sets of max effort reps twice a week and tell me if in a month your pull-ups aren't better and their right. pull-ups are always yeah. better and it's like people be like, that's not very CrossFit-y. And I'm like, but it is because CrossFit doesn't have a set definition. Yeah. CrossFit's definition, it does not include these movements are CrossFit and these time domains are CrossFit. It's broad and generalized because right. it's supposed to be, right? And I'm like, Cross, I've always said that CrossFit is, is de, uh, it's defined by the programmer. If you put it on the board and it's, and it's constantly varied, in my opinion, that's CrossFit. Well, right. and, and if you think about it from an athletic mindset, what do the pros do better than anybody else? They execute fundamentals and a level that most people mm -hmm. cannot do. And they focus on that all of their life. Yes. Hockey players, they get better at skating every single day. They get better at stick handling. And that allows them to go do these things where you're like, what the fuck just happened? Like, if they can't skate and shoot and, and stick handle well, they can't do what they just did. It's not an accident. And yeah. so – you know, like butterfly pole, everybody, I mean, I'm not a, I'm short, but I, I'm kind of a stocky dude. Like, you know, I'm always around the 200, 210 yard. So I'm, I'm, I look like a bowling ball sometimes. And so like every once in a while I'd break it out, you know, demoing something. We got, you know, you have the opportunity to teach. Here's strict pull up. Here's kipping pull up. Here's butterfly pull up. And you rock out a couple of butterfly pulls and people are like, you can do that. Well, I can do a strict pull up. I can do 20 of them in a row. Yeah. So the fact that I've mastered the fundamental, mastered, I'm air quoting that, uh, yeah. mastered the fundamental movement of a pull-up and I've built that strength in there so that I can do that for a good amount of volume means that I can now take on new skill sets, i.e. the kipping or the butterfly pull-up and be successful with it. Now, am I as good at butterfly pulling in terms of rhythm as the next guy? Probably not. I don't do them. Yeah. But just based on the fundamental ability to hold on and be safe and be strong enough to pull. Now I just got to understand my body and space to, to put myself into a proper rhythm. Yeah. I fall out of it more than others, but again, I don't practice this. So yeah. it is pretty funny how that we, that's, that's be, CrossFit thinks about the games or not. And every day is, is comp day. And mm -hmm. that's the issue. We don't go to hockey practice and think, Oh, we got to play it just like a game. Now you should be working probably harder than you do in a game of yeah. practice so you can move the needle. 
but when you have to slow down, what do you do? You go back to, you're having a bad couple of weeks. What do you do? Focus on your skating tonight. Practice. Yeah. Just focus on how you're skating. Just focus on making one good pass. You're not worried about stick handling through 45 people. You know, it's, it's the basics that will always haunt you if you don't master. I mean, like when I go to school and you get in a science class and they're talking about like, you know, cell division, you're like, Oh my God, again, you're like, how am I learning this again? I still don't remember it. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I didn't master it. If I just went and mastered it, probably be like, Oh, and it would make every single thing of science way easier. It would make X, Y, and Z way easier because you just took the time to, to put a, put a foundation down that is impenetrable to shit. Yeah. And like that, that is really it. So like, why are they getting better? Well, number one is stronger. If you're stronger, you probably just handle more anything. You know, yeah. you gotta be strong enough to a point, you know, uh, yeah. uh, or was it, I can't, yeah. You know, world's strongest deadlifter is definitely not the world's fastest runner. Yeah. So like strength is really important. No one's ever celebrated being weaker, but yeah. to do a, a whole bunch of other things, like, it doesn't mean you have to be the strongest person in the, in the room. It could mean that you want to run faster. Where do you meet uh, strength and speed of force production? Yeah. You know, like, so it, there's a lot there. That's training now. We're not yeah. working out. And that's the difference between GPP and people that like go, I do want to go to regionals or the games or whatever. And you're like, listen, the mindset's way different. Yeah. You, you may learn, you may have to work on just how to box jump today. You yeah, learn how to do that it's, better. You just got faster, and it's it, it's because that's something I I've, I've like battled with, battled on with people like in classes. Like new people come to class and they'll see like they'll see like those like see, come in during a class where I'm working out like, and then I coach the next one right, um, and I'm doing like muscle ups or handstand push ups, and I'm a, I'm a big dude. I'm like six two and like two forty or something like that, um, and they're like, oh wow, that's really cool. Can you show me how to do that? And I'm like. I'm like, I can, I can tell you how it's done. I was like, but if you don't have these prerequisites, then it's not going to be safe for you to do it. Right. Um, butterfly pull, not butterfly, kipping pull-ups are a huge one, right? People come in and be like, well, I'll be able to do pull-ups. And I'm like, okay, well, number one, a kipping pull-up and a pull-up are not the same thing. That's why there's an extra word in the name. Same thing with butterfly pull-ups. They're not the same thing as a kipping pull-up or a strict pull-up or like just a regular pull-up, right? Or a chin-up. There's, there's reasons that they have different names because they're different things. Um, and it's always like, they're like, can you teach me how to do a pull-up? And I'm like, and I'm like, if you're talking about a kipping pull-up, you can't do a strict pull-up yet. I was like, I will teach you how to kip. I was like, I'll teach you that because that teaches you some arch hollow body awareness. Right? right. So like, I'm into that. But what always happens is I'm like, I teach them how to kip. And I'm like, don't try to do a pull-up. I just want to see you kip. And they always try the pull-up. And don't I'm like, think and- about a pink elephant. <laughs> don't think about a pink elephant dude. there's your pink elephant um but it's and and then you know or or i'm just like i'm not going to teach you that right this is where i think you should start we need to get stronger like because like once you're a coach like you can just see it you put somebody through an assessment you watch them do a workout you, you pretty you can tell pretty quick what they're capable of it's, and they and, and and i'm just like why do you want to do like why do you want to be able to do it so bad and dude, it's because why is that the thing that you walked in and went that's fucking yes. cool I look yeah. at the guy that's squatting really heavy and looks beautiful. I'm like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. The muscle up, I'm like, I don't know. It seems like it's pretty high up there. I'm kind of scared to fall down. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, there's a video of me doing my first muscle up ever, and I'm at the top, and I look, and I said, how do I get down? Yeah, they don't teach I you no that. Idea. I had no idea. Um, but we, uh, 
but what it is, is that people have an emotional attachment to number one, being able to do what their classmates are doing. Um, because they're convinced that if they're scaling, then they're doing something wrong for the most part. And they want, people want to be able to do things that they think are cool. And I think that's fine. I do too. I would love to be able to do a flying triangle on somebody, but I don't know how to do a flying triangle. I'm 240 pounds and six, two. I'll probably never do one. I'll probably never know how to fly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like I don't, I, I don't have the mechanics to like perform that move on somebody at jujitsu, but it's, I, I always think about that. I'm always like, people have such a strong emotional investment in what they do in the gym. And like I said earlier, I think commitment's great, but you also have to understand that what you do in the gym, like it doesn't not count negatively just because you think it's positive. Right. Right. Just because you're there to improve yourself doesn't mean that that's what you're doing. You can train yourself backwards. You can train yourself into a deficit in an in a incredibly negative way. Um, and it's always like physical, like physical want doesn't match physical need most of the time. It, it, right. that's, dude, it, that's, that's the mental side of things, man. When you, when you look at it, there's a void. We're chasing something. We don't understand what we're chasing. One of my favorite things is you just staying on the pull-up thing where pe- people come in like, I want to do that. And you're like, do, do you realize that that guy, that woman there was, has been working on that for two and a half years? Yeah. Right. So the journey is way different, but in, maybe you're already long enough in that journey. I don't know that much about your history, but I also need you to demonstrate this thing to me. The funniest, funny is not the right word, but I'm going to use it. The funniest thing is when someone comes in and goes, can you teach me to butterfly? And you got strict pull up? No, I can teach you the, the pathway to get that. And we're going to yeah. start here. Can you do a strict pull-up? No. Okay, let's take this back to the ring row. Let's develop the ability to move and be strong in these positions, and this will eventually get you here. This is the process. Or yes. the process will look like this in some capacity. And they go, okay, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And you go off work with somebody else, or you know, you go do your workout, and you look over in class, and who's over there? They found another coach that just goes, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll teach you how to do it. And you're just sitting there going, oh, my gosh. Yep. Okay. And I've had to do a lot of internal work and I don't think I've been super successful with it because that situation really gets an emotional um, response out of me. Yeah. And it, it like ruins my day. And I'm not sure if it's the person doing the kipping, you know, in this experience, the kipping or butterfly pulp, or if it's the other coach and I'm going, how are we so different in our, like our philosophy on why they should or should not be doing this right now? Yeah. And I think that's where the emotional response comes in because it makes me challenge, like, am I wrong here? And then I have to look at myself in the mirror and go, no, even if, even if they are, maybe you misread what their experience was or whatever. That's not the same as saying that you were just negligent and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. never done a pull up before. Let's get you doing butterflies today. Yeah. That, that's you staying strong in your beliefs, which in that case, I don't think I'm wrong. Yeah. And it just look and it, I think that emotional response is to the other coach rather than the person. Cause that person, it's like a kid. They don't know any better. Yeah. Ah, and a kid it, wants to climb the tree. And you're like, listen, you fall down. We got other issues. I still want to climb the tree. And it took, and it took me a while to like, sort of get that, get that through my brain too, that like, they just, they just want to be a part of it. Right. Which is why I think, I think CrossFit's, I think it, CrossFit has been, which I think is a good thing that CrossFit's done. They make people want to be a part of the group. They make people want to be a part of like the workout, the GPP, the training, whatever we want to call it. Like people want to be there doing that. And I think that's great. And it's like, there has to be a middle ground. And that's why I always just try to be like, no, I'm not, te- but they're, they're, it can't just be, I'm not teaching you that. 
it'll always be like, like you said, it's like, it's like, I'm not teaching you that because that is something that we need to build to, but I will show you where square one is. And honestly, if there are 10 squares, you might already be at square six, right? You, you like, might be able it, to pass out of this class. Yeah. It may not, it may not be anything other than I need to just like, I need to teach you how to kip and then you do a couple weeks of ring rows and then suddenly your shoulder is like, you're strong enough and you have the ability to suddenly do a kipping pull up. It may be that, but people also want it right now. Yeah. Right. They Dude, want to do it I'm, right now. I'll ask you, I got two questions for you then. Okay. In particularly in the group setting. So I haven't, I don't have a lot of experience programming for the masses, the groups of CrossFit particularly. Like, I mean, you could put out a template and say athletes, we're going to do this. Okay. But when we talk about CrossFit, because it's so varied, um, do you write multiple levels of said workout? Like if you had Fran, would you write in what the scale or do you give levels? You know, maybe you're a level, maybe different gyms have different ways of describing what level you're at. And, and I've yeah. seen some new ways of doing it where I'm like, that's actually pretty, I, I kind of agree with that. That's better than nothing. And then yeah. the second question is, what is your warm up procedure at your gyms? And do people fight the fuck out of you with that one? So, so I'll say this. I don't have either one of those fights as heavily as I used to with where I work now. I love my old job and where I used to work. I love that place with every fiber of who I am. I love the community there. I love the people there. But, oh, my God, sometimes it was like, sticking bamboo under my fingernails just to get people to just do the warm up. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you apparently pay to come here. Why is this an argument? Right. Right. And also there, there were, like, this isn't for me. I'm not doing the yeah. warm up for me. I'm bored as yeah. fuck. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to get you ready for what we're going to do. Um, there I would put like, I, I always went with like, for a while, I did it where I would put scaling options or, or RX options. Because if you put scaling options, people want RX plus options. So it'd be like scaled, RX, then RX plus. The problem is, is that nobody wants to actually say that they did the scaled workout. So right. they're either going to force RX or you're going to have an RX athlete that forces RX plus. Right. right? You have to have a really strong foundation of people that understand their abilities and also trust what you're doing, which was one of – which was – I'll just say it, even though a lot of them listen to this, that was one of the big problems that, that I ran into when I started programming for that gym back home was they had come from, they had come from a number of coach, a lineage of coaches, um, excluding a few, uh, that they would always say things like, I remember one of the coaches there, when every coach class, he'd always say, guys, the workouts are random, the lifting that has a little more science to it. And I'd be like, number one, I'd love to hear you explain the science. Cause I know you can't. And number two, you can't tell people that they're just randomly doing shit. There was a phase of time because one of the members kept a template of it because he was so tired of it. He kept a template of it for six months of every workout we did. And he, he put it out in an Excel spreadsheet. We did double unders, burpees, and American kettlebell swings three days a week, every week for six months. Although the good old burpee, you know. Good old burpee, right? And it's like, so, so something I ran into when I first started programming was, was getting people to kind of just buy into it and trust it because it wasn't what they'd seen. And I'm like, guys, and I would show it to people. I'm like, guys, there's a progression in a format that I follow for our workouts. And I'm like, if you look at it, 
every, I think it was like every 10 weeks, I was like, we're hitting a heavy double or a heavy single right. on, on lifts or, or everybody's got a benchmark coming up in like eight to 10 weeks. And you, we would wave it, we would wave it. So people got better and they're like, but when you just come in every day, it still kind of just looks random. And I'm like, no, if you just ask, like it's right there. And I would try to explain it to people once I took it over. Um, but say your, what your, what was the second question? Uh, well, it was, it was basically just the argument about it. You answer them both. So oh, okay, cool. It, it was about like writing multiple levels of a workout and then the warm up side of it. Here, um, here, here we'll let people hear what I know is we will let people, if it's appropriate for the workout and they have the prerequisites for it, we'll let them do something that's a little bit harder, which is a rule of thumb that I've always kind of had as a coach. If you have a really good athlete in class and you know it's not going to be a detriment for them for the volume that you're doing, I'll let them do a butterfly pull-up sure. instead, right? Or I'll let them try strict handstand push-ups instead, right? If it's not going to end up biting them in the ass. Well, um, isn't, isn't that or, having the conversation of why do we want to do this? Yes, you, exactly. Oh, you, you do want to compete in a few weeks and there's, there's might be, yeah, let's get you in a competition yep. setting of this. Like, yep, I want you to keep everything as RX, but I also want you to try the pull-ups at if it's 10, I want you to do five butterfly and then move on. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're not losing stimulus here. We still get to train, but you get to work on a skill here, but yep. take your time with these. It, that's, there's the art of coaching, even inside of a CrossFit community. That, yeah. That's why the coach matters at that point. And it matters. And it matters that the coach knows what they're doing. Right. And it's, it's, it's so, I had a conversation with my buddy a couple weeks ago when he was talking about, I, and I love him. He's one of my best friends, but we got into it. We got into a little bit of a debate about like the differences between strength and conditioning coaches and strictly CrossFit coaches. And I was like, I call myself a strength and conditioning coach because I think I have a wider skill set than just coaching CrossFit properly. Right, that's yeah. why I call that. I prefer that title. Um, that's also, it's also a style that I align with a little bit more um, myself, but it was like, you can't, but he was talking about how, about how strength and conditioning coaches in his opinion, are primarily geared towards athletes. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But CrossFit, regular everyday CrossFitters want to refer to themselves as athletes. So where's the disconnect? And now we're having to admit, <laughs> and now we're having to have the conversation of admitting that regular everyday CrossFitters may not be athletes. Oh, right? God, like, that's and, got such an ego blow to them too. And, and it's like, and it's like, and it's like, hey man, that's, the, and like, and we didn't, we weren't arguing. We have, we've sure. always had those kind of conversations. But it's like, it, it, but it was a good, it was a good back and forth of like, I think that strength and conditioning as a learning methodology and learning in that field specifically opens up your tool belt and your repertoire to be able to help more people across a, across a wider plane of training. And I think sure. CrossFit is super focused for as gentle of a program as it's supposed to be. And that's Isn't not that weird like, how that is that to me, yes. CrossFit such a weird, weird paradox, man. Maybe that's why I, I struggle with like wrapping my head around it so much. And I always tell people, I always tell people, my argument with CrossFit is almost never the community. It's always the coaching within it, right? Oh, dude, 100%. I, I, yeah, I, and I always, I always like to clarify that. I always like to say that. I don't think people are dumb for doing CrossFit. I don't think no, CrossFit is a positive thing. I think it's awesome that people exercise. I think it's awesome they've put barbells back in people's hands. I think that coaches fuck it up <laughs> all the time, all the time because they don't actually know what they're doing or they don't want to be doing it. They're doing it because it pays their membership, right? Or because they're an athlete that wants to train all the time and it's just easier if they're at the gym. They can just do it between classes. But then yeah, their attention isn't there, right? Their attention isn't on the class in front of them. It's on this clock needs to end so that I can get into my workout, right? Yeah, that's that's where the issues arise. 
it's been fun because so recently I, I've invested in myself with business coach trying to grow an online platform. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of someone that I think I'd like to bounce around at least for foreseeable future, especially with my wife in the Marines, like yeah. who knows what's going on, but I just think there's, there's a lot of things you can do and, and why not ta- try and tap into that market. So uh, one of my friends back home, successful online and, and hires a business coach. And we were talking about, you know, who I am because I get my own way with a lot of things. And it was kind of like one of my gifts, I guess. I don't know. I, I hate talking about stuff. It sounds conceited. That's not the way it's supposed to come across. But like one of, one of the things that I take pride in is yeah. that when you, Christopher, come to me and go, hey, man, my nutrition's like this. I don't give you the, this is how it's supposed to go. Yeah, I may give you the things that I'm going to listen, your protein needs to go way up. I don't care. Like generally the answer is going to be protein goes up. And then from there we can do whatever the fuck you want. But it's always like, you know, she made the example of like, you know, I could come to you with my squats doing this. And then she's always like, it's always funny because I know everybody would ask you, but I could see the wheels spin in your head where you're like, this is not a two second conversation. This is a, yeah. okay, we, we've got different hip structure. We've got, I know I've worked with you all for several years now. I know where, I know you've got this ankle injury, this shoulder injury. I know you're weak here. I know your ego gets in the way there. And she's yeah. like, it's fun because you have that, that ability to look at everybody and go, the answer is not just do this with your squat. Now yeah. there's, there's a, a general consensus of like, here's how to do this. But what happens when somebody can't, we've got to coach into what works best for you to get you into the number one safest position, but then number two, how are we going to perform better? Nobody wants to get worse. Yeah. So, so whether it's nutrition, whether it's struggling with your marriage or X, Y, and Z, like everybody is their own individual. And that's mm-hmm. why you coach because there is a problem solving component to this thing that we get to, that's, that's our enjoyment. I'm bored yeah. when everybody's just kind of looking pretty good and you're like, son of a bitch, man. I guess yeah. I can go over there and talk to them, but I've already talked to them. They're going to be really like you play the psychology game and it, it, that part of it's fun to me, but the part that isn't is in that warm up and yeah. uh, scaling workout. So I, I mean, they, no one from my gym probably listen to that, but even if they do, I was pretty open about the way I felt. I don't like the 10 pounds of shit in a five pound shit bag. And even for yeah. like some of the Marines that I train online, they're like, I want more, I want more. I'm like, all right. I, you need don't to give you, I need to give you a little bit more just because like, I still need to pay my bills. But yeah. I also put it in a way I'm like, all right, how can I get their arms to be a little bigger without destroying them all on Monday? So, you know, you might put yeah. in a couple like, all right, superset three by 10 of barbell curl and, and tricep extension. And then like yeah. a couple of days, you, you get garbage volume in there, but you find a way to make it work. And like, yeah. I also know the things that they won't do and they will do. And the warm up's mm-hmm. one of them. So now I've had to put volume. Here's how I've warmed them up. Yeah. I put volume into their warmups so that that way I can sell them on. You get to do more, which means we get to change your body more. And all I'm going is I've now warmed you up in the way I need you to be warmed up to perform this heavier back squat today or whatever it might be. So yeah. it's, it's so funny because I get all these people. I feel weird in the gym doing dead bugs. I feel weird doing the star. Fr- I look weird. Yeah, no, you don't. But when your fucking shoulder's not hanging out of the socket, your knee's not blown out the side of your body, you can actually squat down, you can actually stand it back up, and you start progressing and you get to walk out going, man, I feel fucking great. Mm -hmm. Also, when you have fucking nailed your nutrition, you got a six-pack now because you've done dead bugs to your blue in the face, guess what? How fucked up do you think you are now? You're not. People are going to go, how the fuck did you do that? And you go, remember that weird thing I was doing over there in the corner? 
just do that a ton. It'll be good. It's just, and, and that was, that was always, sorry, to, I'm, I'm a fan, man. You're fine. But like the other thing was like, even in class, it was, you know, we would, a lot of, we've gotten, we had grown better with it, but early on it would be like, how do we get that 10 pounds, maybe 12 pounds today? And we're now, we don't warm up. We leave it to you to warm up before we get in here. But now we're going to go right from, from you warming out to up to the class starts. We're going to 90, 92% of your back squat. You've got, uh, and we're going here in 45 seconds. What? This yeah. is, this is the other reason I don't do class. It'll take me an hour to get to 92%. Number one, I'm distracted. Number two, if things hurt or I'm just sore. I haven't slapped, you know, whatever it is. So there's my issue. Yeah. But realistically, here's how the body works. We've got to give you adequate time to just warm up. So I would coach into, I would try to get some kind of warm up, but I would educate to here's what, how many people actually know where the fuck 88% is. I don't, yeah. I've been training for 15 fucking years. I, like, I don't know where 88% is. Yeah. But so here's what this means. This means eight out of 10. If you're feeling really tired or sluggish or feels super heavy today, I want you to take it down to a seven out of 10. I want you to move that fucker really fucking fast. And mm-hmm. if it feels really light today, I want you to bump it up maybe five or 10 pounds and try and push yourself. Now we've got this sliding scale, but now I've also, I'm always trying to buy time of like, Hey, when you are under that barbell warming up, I want 20 reps with just an empty barbell, nail your position. Then I want you to crawl up. If we need a little bit extra time, let me know. If you have to start the first of five sets at, at 78% instead of 88, we're going to do that. Let's, yep. what, what really matters is you get the stimulus of heavy at one point. One yeah. set, two set, we're fine. And that's yeah. always been like, I'm like, I got to give me the rules. Okay, it's not my business. So here I am. Here's the rule set. Here's the ceiling I have to function under. What I do under, underneath that umbrella, I got to figure out how to make these people better in doing that. And that was, it was always fun, but it also was super irritating. She's like, day after day, you're like, we could make this way easier on ourselves, you know? Yeah. You know, but like, that's also, as you keep saying, like, that is what the art of coaching actually is, is getting that out of people, giving, providing people a way to do that in a way that they don't like, Hey, and I think that, I think that, I think that that is, that is, like I said already, like, I think that's the biggest crux and the biggest problem that like a lot of this like community falls back on is just bad coaching because I think coaches don't seek out more knowledge. Like I have an L1 or some kind of cert and I'm done. They're they're married to one style of of certification. I used to, I used to, so I used to work with a guy um, who, so I, I hadn't coached that day. And we were doing like a five by five back squat or something. I was writing the program at that point. I don't remember what it was. This was like two years ago. Um, and we're doing, we're doing heavy back squats. And my friend, she, I had walked into the gym cause we were, I was going to go to dinner with like, like a group of my friends that always went to the last class. And she came over to me and she was like super upset. She was crying. Like, and she, it was after the workout and like the coach, like the coaches were packing up to leave. And I was like, what's, what's up? And she just, one of the coaches there had just filmed every single set and just literally just like said the same cue to her every single time, every single rep to the point that like, and he started saying like, you're just doing it wrong. Like you're just doing it wrong. Like, why can't you just do it right? And I was like, number one, I can't believe that that came out of his mouth. Cause it was on video. I was like, but no, I was like, okay. And, and I was like, so you have videos. And she said, yeah. And I said, cool, show them to me. And she showed it within two sets. I said, do you know what the problem is? And she was like, no, because he didn't tell me. I said, your arches are collapsing. <laughs> I was like, because you're, I was like, cause your start positions is, is a little off. And I was like, just change it. Just do this. And she got a bar out and she didn't load it, but she put it on her back. 
And I was like, cool, this is where your feet are. I was like, just naturally when he set up, I was like, here's where I want your feet to be. And then she did a set of five and her arches didn't collapse. And granted, she was unloaded. But the next time she squatted, I was there and it didn't happen. And, it, and she was like, and she was like, how'd you do that? And I was like, I just know what the fuck I'm Pay talking attention. about. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, I just kept trying to learn. And I was like, and I just accept that, like, I have to know more than one style because yeah. you're going to run well, into people that you need thing, to know like, more than one style. You know, like climbing up like L1, L2, L3. You're like, okay, well, if I just get my L1, like, the only reason I'd ever go up, I'm not keeping my CrossFit stuff anymore. I'm not either. Like, I'm letting it expire after next year. Um, I was planning on doing that anyways, but after mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks, I'm all set. Um, yeah. But the other side is, like, the only reason I would have crawled up that ladder is so that I didn't have to continually go back to an L1. Yeah. That was the only incentive. It wasn't that I couldn't learn things. It was that I wanted to learn things in other arenas. Of like, I don't want to be just CrossFit because how do I make anybody better at anything? You take – we talked about this before we press record. How do we, how do we become more educated? How do we be able to talk to people with totally different views of us in the world? It's because you start to listen. You, you start to understand what it's like to live like them. I'm never going to live like you, right? Yeah. In certain circumstances, I never, I don't want to cross it. I'm not a crossfitter, but it doesn't mean yeah. I can't coach you to these things. Like the movements are pretty standard, like all these things. It's just so, we are so cult-like maybe. And like when we yeah, buy into it. it, we're like, oh, this is the only thing. You're like, yeah, but what if you could go get a lettuce wrap and somehow like that made your cheeseburger better? I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, no, know, yeah. What if, yeah. What if your cheeseburger is really good, but we added this to it that was from totally like it's Indian food <laughs> and you put yeah. it on the plate and you're like, holy shit, this is way better. Yeah. I don't know. You're going to just, you're going to say no, cause it's not the same genre of fucking food. No, but people but it's will. good. People right. Will. And right. that's, that's, that's uh, such a struggle there, man. It, it's, it's frustrating, man. Honestly, are, do you, do you just have your, do you have your L1 or your L2? I just have my, I recertified my L1 once or twice now. So I think I started in 2010. And so it'll be up for second or third, whatever. I don't even know what, how many years it goes now. I'm not, I, I think it's up next February. Yeah. And I know I, for everybody listening, I know we've talked about CrossFit a lot, but this is genuinely from like a coaching perspective. I cannot tell you a single thing that I learned in my L2. Off, to, off the top of my head, I genuinely cannot. And that's not – that. all all other issues with CrossFit in the last few weeks aside, anything I have, any issues I've ever had with the methodology, that was the most disappointing thing I've ever been to. I didn't learn a single thing that weekend. And yeah, I, I, can't, I, can't, I came away from it. I passed it. And, and uh, Megan at one point looked at me and she was like, she was like, you just – you haven't talked about it at all. I'm like, nothing I didn't learn anything. About. There's yeah. nothing to talk about. But it's uh, – yeah, man, I think a lot of it's just, you know – I think bringing it back around to kind of what we were talking about like a while ago, like I think that an educated coach can help people that get out of a physical arena and then try to find themselves physically again. I think an educated coach is the person to do that because they're not so locked in their ways and they're not, and I'm, I'm on a time crunch now. Yeah, no, uh, dude, you're good. Unfortunately, yeah. no, you're fine. Like, unfortunately. Um, but uh like I feel like educated good coaches are the ones that know how to gear and sh- make that make that shift happen for people. Where it's like, look, you may never, you're not going to play Division One football ever again because you're no longer a Division One football player. It's just a reality. But that doesn't mean that we can't set goals that are attainable and that we can create and make happen. Like we can't, we can still manifest product for like. From, like I, I, from I don't activity. think. Yeah, dude, I, I don't think that maybe this, I'm just kind of, this is coming to me as you were just saying that, but like, 
the coach that isn't willing to learn other things, not necessarily utilize them, but go out mm-hmm. and learn and challenge what they're already in. And, and how can you not bring something away? You probably brought something away that you just like, fuck it. It's, it's small, but like yeah. that person's probably not going to be the person that's going to help you with what's the most important thing, the mindset. Yep. Right. So like, they're not flexible in how they train. They're probably not going to be flexible in how they approach you or coach you. And that, that more than anything is like, what are you spending your money on as the client? Yep. You know? And, and so to me that that's, that's frustrating even as a coach to try to be the best I can for myself, but certainly for other people, like no one's the same. We're all the same. But we're all different. Right. Exactly. And that was, <laughs> there was, I used to work with a guy that no matter what, he always said that people needed to run. He's like, go run, like go run. Um, fixes everything. And which is everything. And he, but that's what, what he would tell people. He was like, he's like, it just, it fixes everything. And like when, it, when it hurt people to run, when they get shin splints or bother their knee, he would always tell, he told me, and I, I have a genuinely fucked up mechanically knee. He would tell me that you just had to build resiliency to it. Your body <laughs> would, act, your mind, your, man. <laughs> yeah, your body would acclimate to the, to the, to running. And I'm like, I, and I, I, I think I told him one time, I was like, I don't have the time to tell you why you're wrong. Right. But, but also, but like he stood behind it. So part of me was kind of like, I, I can appreciate how stubborn you are. Cause I'm really stubborn about strength. Yeah. Um, you're buying like, to himself is great. Yeah. It's like, that's amazing. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, man. People need to, you need to be able to branch out and like, so you can reach a number of people. Last question I was going to ask is if you had to sum it up, like, I know, like you asked me, I'm not asking the same one because it's not your <laughs> podcast and I'm not stealing yours, but like, what kind of, what kind of like message are you trying to spread? Like if you had uh, maybe in a paragraph, if you had to sum up what kind of message you're trying to spread with your podcast, which is a life well done podcast for anybody that didn't catch that, um, your social media, your coaching, what are you trying to teach people? I think I try to teach from, I, I, I kind of live by a, a saying of teach what you want to learn. And uh-huh. the things that I've struggled with, I don't want people, not necessarily I don't want them to, but I want them to know it's okay to struggle with mine, you know, where, where you view yourself, all these things. So I try to try to create a culture or environment that says like, it's okay to be where you're at, but also don't think that's the only place you're going to be. I've, I've struggled with suicide and pill addiction, and, you know, bottom of the well. And, and I've found a way luckily, and, and I've earned that way out. But at the same time, like, it's never really over. You can always get better, but you don't have to be better right now. And, and yeah. to me, like, it's okay where you're at. It's okay to feel shitty, but also don't just know that you don't have to define yourself by those things. So to me, like the message is always just like your, your life can get better and there's people that want to help you. And, yeah. and I, I pride myself in being that person, but it's not going to be easy. And that's why you need good people in your life, man. Like it just, I don't know. It, I, it, I got a, a deep pain inside of me for thinking that other people are experiencing some of the pain that I've experienced in the way I view myself. And to me, it's just, I do my damnedest to make sure I talk to talk people up to themselves as much as possible. you like, you are fucking great at what you do. Even mm-hmm. if you're not the best, you work hard. Like that's so important to me because man, I know when people would say something like that, where they just sold that they believed in me. It, it did help me get through the next five minutes, next day, next week, whatever it was. And it was like, there's, we can keep going. So yeah, to me, it's just, it's creating an environment. Be fucking kind to each other, man. Yeah. That's you a know, big I, one. Yeah. You, you can be an asshole, but like have a reason to be an asshole after that. Just high five, move the fuck on. I don't, I don't yeah. know. No, I'm I'm hate going I'm on and just look yourself in the mirror and take care of your shit. I'm with you, man. Yeah.
Cool, man. I appreciate having you on. Um, of course, dude. Thanks for hosting, man. This is awesome. I could talk to you for hours. Of course, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we might have. <laughs> I'll have to drive down to uh, Louisville here one one weekend and just get some. Dude, I might. I, if I'm in Jersey again anytime soon, I'll let you know. We got a spare room, dude. Anytime. Cool. Awesome.